Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The good times and good vibes continue to roll through Patriots Nation on the heels of Sunday's momentous 29-25 victory over the Buffalo Bills. The one and many on the local and national scene continue to say it is as much an indictment of the struggles of the Buffalo Bills as it was the fortitude and will of the New England Patriots. We here at Six Rings and Football Things are trying to stay as Pat's positive as possible. Yes, Andy, we're going to try. We're going to actually try on. I don't have to. F that. You beat the Bills. You took their punch. They punched back. You had the chance to give it away, kick it away. You tried, but you fought to the finish, and you won. F that. That's a good win. I'm not doing any of the, oh, the Bills suck. or the Good, 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 good. good. We're not doing that. That's a good good effing win. I don't know what it means for anything before the good effing win or after the good effing win, but Sunday I will be dubbing permanently a good effing win. There you go. Good. See, you are remaining Pat's positive. I like to hear that as well. We I'm are not. When I see a good effing win, I call it a good effing win. And I say oh. as many times as possible, good effing win. Wow. And we are effing thrilled to be sponsored by FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel, make every moment more. You're welcome for the contributions that I made to the fan, to Uncle FanDuel on Monday night. Uh, betting on uh, or making a selection and wagering on the San Francisco 49ers as this season continues to just be off the rails, off the wall, and off the everything it can possibly be. That was something we discussed this morning on the Breaking Boston podcast, where producer Cooper Leonard and I dubbed this coming Sunday's game between the New England Patriots and the Miami Dolphins the Fraud Bowl. And we'll get to that a little bit later in this podcast and, of course, later in the week when we preview 
Pats at Finns, which, dare I say, Andy, uh, is a pivotal game for both franchises, most especially New England. But first, but first, we need to put our final uh, grades recap review uh, let, before we tuck away Sunday's win. Uh, not the good, not the good vibes and the positivity that we hope to continue and maintain from that. Uh, let's just go ahead and do our usual Tuesday grades of the previous Patriots game. And what's nice about this one, in addition to the fact that we've all been largely positive about the effort put forth by the team, the comeback, Mac Jones's first signature win, his biggest comeback to date, taking the punch from Buffalo, Bill O'Brien doing his thing, uh, the, the oh yeah, now replaced by the chant of family in the locker room. A lot of good vibes from Sunday's game. We all know the one, uh, many things can be true, but the one truth is whatever the Patriots do, if they can't carry this momentum forward, then Sunday will be an anomalous one-off. And it was nice to actually feel that way for just a couple of days and for one game, like it was the, like the good old days. But can they continue this? That's what we will ultimately get to. Plus in the back end of the podcast, we will take one further look at the Bill Belichick contract extension, the lucrative extension. How many years is it? Did our old pal Dale Arnold nail it with his sources on the tweet? I call it the Bellaflex. Why did he feel the need or, <clears throat> excuse me, someone feel the need to leak that information out last particular Sunday? But first, all right, like we said, let's get to it. Andrew, grades for your New England Patriots in their 29-25 Victory. Let's start off on the score the ball side, the offense, who have been routinely and regularly getting at best a C minus, more frequently D's, D minuses, and possibly even one F along the way this season. What grade did you give them for Sunday's 29 point output? So I was on NBC Sports Boston last Wednesday, and we reacted to a Michael Hawley clip from Tuesday night in which he declared that Bill O'Brien was the worst offensive coordinator in the National Football League. And it it was a hot take from a guy who historically has not been a hot take artist. That's not been Michael Hawley's uh, M.O., Mm -hmm. but I thought it was a bit of a a ridiculous take, quite honestly. I mean, I think Bill O'Brien is a good coach. Has he had a great start? No, I'm not going to argue that. The offense has been bad. Uh, You know, I've defended him saying when your line stinks, your receivers stink, your quarterback's playing awful, you can't run it, you can't, like, hard to call plays, hard to draw things up. Um, I think all around, the Patriots bounced back this week. Bill O'Brien, I thought, did a nice job. I thought there were some personnel decisions, which go up the ladder to Bill Belichick, in terms Mm of, hey, Mike Onweno at right tackle, what a novel idea. I wish I Oh, wait, I did have it two years ago. I don't know why you didn't have it two and years ago. And we've only been shouting for that move for the last right. seven months as well. Uh, Demario Douglas getting the ball. Huh, what a novel idea. I wish, oh, I did have that. Yep, yep, thanks, yep. Bill. I've um, been begging you to do that since the end of August, yes. Correct. And, I mean, the offense, I thought, looked what we expected more for the totality of the beginning of the season. Competent. Capable. Not great. I'm not saying they are like the next greatest no turf and they're going to start rivaling the dolphins for points and yards and no 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 No, but the c words came back the c words came back to the fore that was nice to see as a fan as an analyst as a quarterback i'm sure it was nice to see that and so i gave them a b plus because i still think there's room the offensive i mean the uh the running game still not where i'd like it to be both stevenson and elliott below four yards a carry on their combined 20 attempts but i thought it was big to punch that touchdown in for Zeke Elliott, second week in a row where he had a, 
a touchdown on the goal line, punch it in. That's what he was brought here to do after mm-hmm. the you know double digits in Dallas the last couple of years. Um, I'd still like to see some more consistency out of those guys. I think they're still like 27th in the league in rushing or something after this performance. Um, but I would say every arrow, correct me if I'm wrong here, mm-hmm. not every pharaoh, because he was pointing upward as well, but every arrow mm-hmm. pointed see upward. What you did there. Like yes. Kendrick Bourne, two weeks in a row, is your number one receiver, both in terms of reps, production, efficiency. We'll get to his mistake at some point, but whatever. Um, the line was better. You had those guys playing. Oh, the line range. was massively. Right. That, uh, to me, even before you get into Mac Jones, who will get his own grade momentarily, even before you get into Mac Jones and the quarterbacking, it begins, again, as simply as in the trenches. And maybe, just maybe, it was the Mike Onwenu move. Maybe it was the reinsertion of Cole Strange. Maybe it was Dante Scarnecchia being there, being honored in the Patriots Hall of Fame, and they had to make sure they showed up and showed out for Scar this weekend. Or maybe just it was a combination of all things therein. Plus, Buffalo's pass rush was a little bit lacking because, obviously, no Ed Oliver, who's We're not one of doing the better that. defensive We're not doing tackles. that. No, 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 okay. no, no. We're all not right. doing all the right. opposite right. of a moral victory, Fitzy. They played the team in front of them. The team in front of them came in with 24 sacks. The team in front of them has Leonard Floyd and has Von Greg Miller. Russo and Von like, Miller. Yeah, yep. we're not doing that. We're not, you know, because guess what? Oh, okay. The Patriots didn't have Gonzalez and the Patriots didn't have Judon. That's that's called NFL football. That's why there mm-hmm. are injury reports. And that's why, you know, gambling pays attention and fantasy pays attention to those things. That's why the Falcons are in trouble because Bijan Robinson, they didn't properly uh, note Oops. him on their injury report. So, Oops. We're not doing that. We're saying the game was played, mm-hmm. and the game that was played, the Patriots' offense looked good. B plus. What do you got? I'm same grade. Exactly. I, I, and I think that's I optimistic on our end I, because it leaves room for growth and improvement. Mm-hmm. We're not saying like you know the dunk contest, the very first dunk they give out a ten, and you're like, well, what are you going to do if there's a better dunk in three dunks from now? Like, no, there's room for growth for this offense. But that was more like the offense I expected in the summer and when the season started. Good to see. Exactly. And I think one of the, this was our main question on the Six Rings postgame show on Sunday. If you happen to have caught the podcast or the live broadcast, which was exciting, energy-packed as always. A bit uh, all over the place, but I blame Fitzy for that. that. That's the way. It definitely wasn't the over-caffeinated uh, man-child to my left. <laughs> uh, the That's the million-dollar question right now is, to me, I think this is the team we should have been seeing all along, or maybe this was the team we saw earlier in the season that had a couple of roadblocks and major stumbles, uh, both at home and away. But this is who the Patriots are capable of being. This is probably the best version of what you will see. They're not going to score many more points, but they should be able to hover around or the low to mid-20s against quality against quality teams. They They did everything the way that they should have done it on Sunday. The blocking was solid. The... The receivers were crisp. Also, as noted by Henry McKenna on Monday, the Patriots largely went with a three-wide receiver package Sunday. The three receivers who got the most playing time were Kendrick Bourne, Pop Douglas, and Jalen Rager. Not Tyquan Thornton, not Devontae Parker. Thornton, you can't stay if you can't if you can't stay healthy, then we can't keep dragging your ass along. And Devontae Parker, if you're going to drop big balls like that and be a net zero for the offensive proficiency and output. Sorry, we don't need you as much. I thought that was a great choice by Bill O'Brien, Mac Jones, and Belichick. Yeah, um, I'd like to, I mean, if we're going to go down the road, like Tyquan Thornton, what does it say you do here? How can what, you? Well, I, I've been asking that since last year. 
Because I even, so we're not at the game, and I'm always worried we miss the press box injury update that they announced. Yeah. So I was like, Cadillac, did they say anything at any point about Tyquan Thornton? Like, you know, questionable, doubtful, hamstring, like nothing. And there was, no, he just didn't play. Um, so I, I don't know where that's going, but at least you got two. Like you got, you feel good about where Bourne is and where he's mm-hmm. going with Mac. Again, forget the fumble. It happens. Let's move on. Right. Um, and Demario Douglas played a full game with a full uh, opportunities. Didn't get banged up. I That was kind of the thing we've been having an issue with. Like, we want to see mm-hmm. him more, but he needs to stay on the field when he gets his opportunities. He did that. Yep. And your tight ends. On they, National Tight Ends Day, no less, were a major part. Like, they ca- along with uh, Mondre's 34-yard scamper on the screen, a significant portion of your game, ultimately game-winning drive. And I'd also like to point out on the Bourne thing, uh, over the last two weeks, 10 catches, six. So now he's averaging eight over the last two weeks, 91 yards against Vegas, 63 and a touchdown against Buffalo. Who in the world wouldn't take eight catches for 80 yards and a touchdown every other week from Kendrick Bourne? That's damn near wide receiver one output. Well, this is what I thought, again, not to like pat myself on the back, but when I said he was going to win the triple crown, receptions, yards, and touchdowns for the Patriots. This is what I was envisioning. Like, I thought he was going to be this centerpiece of the offense. Hey, it's okay. Bill Belichick, Bill O'Brien, I understand. Takes a little time for you guys to catch up with the greatness that's below the new Tennessee orange visor. Like, it's okay. You still got time to play it out. I know. It's a very short trip to pat yourself on the back. Go ahead. Well, and to be fair, most of us, most of the things that they did, most of us have been calling for. Like, the victory lap this week what, by media right. and fans, like, keep it simple. Right, so before stupid, we grade out the defense, and you were saying earlier, you know, like, both teams went to battle and played with the players they brought. The Patriots were just as shorthanded on defense, especially along the defensive front, uh, and did a great job generating their best pass rush on the season. But let me just ask this general question. I'll, I'll represent a majority of Patriots fans when I ask it. What the F took the Patriots so long to finally do the things like putting Pop Douglas in more. Obviously, you had you couldn't play Juju. You couldn't try to validate that contract because he still hasn't come out of the concussion protocol. But you threw to the tight ends more. You threw to Pop Douglas more. You threw to Kendrick Bourne more. And you put on Wenu at right tackle. And gee whiz, Andy, look what happened. Look yeah. what happened. And the even the explanation, and I don't want to get going too long here, but the explanation of the on Wenu thing where Bill said, well, I had a nice conversation with him at the Raiders game, and we decided now this will be best for every, like, wait a minute, you, you asked for his opinion? Like, where did the Bill Belichick that for 20 years has basically done whatever the, he damn well pleases to every player? And every, like, <laughs> you asked him if he'd be willing to play right tackle or wanted to play, like, what is this me coaching like youth baseball or something? Hey, uh, I need you tonight. Would How's you everyone, mind playing is everyone short? getting the ball enough? Is there, are all the parents happy? Like, no, that's what how it works. The hell. But anyway, we're not doing that. We're staying positive. Yeah. These things did all happen and they all worked on a really nice level for the offense. Now keep it going in Miami, which has been a house of horrors for the Patriots offense over the years. So, you know, stay functional. Exactly. All right. Let's flip it over to the defensive side, AKA the stop the people from scoring the ball side. Uh, I gave this one a B plus as well. And not just for the fact that they limited Buffalo to 24 points. Yes, they had a tough fourth quarter. Obviously, Josh Allen was going to get his eventually, but better than expected coverage from J.C. Jackson on Steph Diggs, who did not really get the best of Mr. INT on this day. He did a better job than he usually does. If Josh Allen hadn't missed him like four times, he probably would have had 200 yards. Okay, well, one of the reasons why Josh Allen missed him was either 
Josh Allen trying too hard, or how about this? The New England Patriots generating a good pass rush without their best pass rushers. No Keon White, no Matthew Judon, no Josh Uche, no problem. It's pretty damn. I was very, like, it was really, really good front effort by the front seven on this guy. As is so often the case, I am just a little bit more positive than you, Fitzgerald. Of Um, course. Of course. That's what everyone says when they listen. Um, I think when you take into account the health and the bodies and, you know, the different people doing it, um, I thought this was a really, really impressive performance. Now, I do have to admit, mm-hmm. and I said this to Joe Braverman, our producer, at one point, like, Josh Allen had a right shoulder injury all week, and I thought Josh Allen was a little off on some throws, especially rolling out. But guess what? Why was he rolling out? Because the defense was chasing him early and often. I think CBS had... 10 of 17 dropbacks he was pressured in the first half like you came out that's how you, that's without, how you do it without your guys you got after him so good team defense yeah it makes it harder for Josh Allen to throw when he's being chased and it makes it harder for him to get the ball to Steph Diggs even if Diggs has a step on his coverage whoever it is mm-hmm. so Jack Jones got back out there the one thing I will say I thought their tackling at times was putrid especially in the back yeah. end really bad um but it didn't really cost you in the end. It cost you. You got within- lucky on that one. So why is that? Why is that now presenting itself as an issue? Like you would think that one of the fundamentals, like I don't know, wrapping up in the open field, something that cornerbacks and safeties of previous year and decade in a Bill Belichick defense have have hung their hats on. Like you know, the Malcolm Butler, Logan Ryan, Devin McCourty. These people were solid fundamental tack, like excellent open field tacklers, even Stefan Gilmore, not the most physical corner in the world. Great tackler. What the hell's going on with Kyle Duggar and these guys were like, I mean, we all know Jabril peppers. That's he. I'll, I will. I shan't offer a criticism of that man. He's my, he is now the new number one atop my favorite players on the Patriots power rankings this week, but Kyle Duggar, it's a contract year. Wrap, wrap someone up, bro. Yeah. Um, there's a few theories I have. I mean, the one everybody always points to is like, oh, they don't practice enough tackling in the off season. There's not enough hitting and they're not ready on game day. There may be something to that, but it's also seven games into the season. Like you've had mm-hmm. some plenty of live action. Um, yeah. I think there's also something to the, the trusting everybody around you. And there's been some moving parts on that mm-hmm. team. And, you know, if you're um, Devin McCourty and you're playing with Adrian Phil, like, you pretty much know where the other is. Like you guys, you know, even JC Jackson that first time through, like you kind of knew your secondary, you knew your leverage and you guys around me where I can, you know, take a shot where I can't, where I know. And I just wonder if maybe some of the moving pieces on the defense and not necessarily totally trusting or understanding where your teammate may be could play a role in that. Or maybe I'm just making excuses and they've been making physical mistakes because Kyle Duggar in particular needs to be better. Like, I'm sorry. Yes. I, I asked you to do that's that. That's the tweet. You, yeah. Kyle Duggar, be better. So, um, but other than that, I think that defense, Steve Belichick, Gerard Mayo, the leaders of the defense, I think they should be really, really feeling good about themselves, the performance they put forth. Uh, they 100% should. They got pressure on Josh Allen. Buffalo averaged less than four yards a carry on Sunday, which is great to see, even with their impaired defensive line. Now, Steph Diggs did have a couple of drops. Dalton Kincaid, your leading receiver, eight for 75 yards. Now, we figured, I think there was a lot of discussion, Dawson Knox now injured. He's not going to be out there for a while. So anybody who has Dalton Kincaid on their fantasy roster or perhaps sees him on the waivers might want to go ahead and pick him up. Um, this is a this is a budding problem that doesn't surprise me. I think no, speedy tight ends give them a hard time. Because they the 
Duggar and Peppers, for whatever they are, aren't great in coverage. Although Peppers would say, like, wait a minute. Did you see what I did in coverage to Josh Allen on his first throw, bitch? Who ain't good in coverage? Um, wow, that would be a very good. aggressive reply. Well, he that seems like a really I, aggressive guy. He seems like a pretty aggressive guy, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if you remember the Raiders, Michael Mayer, their rookie tight end out of Notre Dame, yep. hadn't done much all year, was a early in the party against the Patriots. So I think this is something where other teams, it's A, it's a copycat league, but Teams also know that there's some um, coverage susceptibility in the middle of the field with Jawan Bentley, Duggar, Peppers, like those guys in there. So I think you will continue to see backs and tight ends try to take advantage of that. I would. And I'm not exactly sure who the tight end is that would be able to take advantage of the Patriots this coming Sunday as well. But Buffalo does present one of the more unique problems in having two young, speedy tight ends that are just physical enough to get the job done as well. But yeah, I... I don't have many other issues aside from like the tackling issue, just wrapping guys up. Uh, otherwise, given who given who they are, who they have, and what they have going on right now, and the injuries they've sustained, I thought the Patriots did a damn good job. B plus on the D. And just one quick on the Jack Jones penalty. Um, it was not a penalty; it was a flop. And oh, you know, I get mad when flop. Mac flops. Josh Allen flops, flops this weekend. By the way, oh my god, so the Jalen Carter one was the best oh. ever. The it biggest, most athletic man on the field went down like with like a finger. <laughs> like, like it was, yeah, awful. it was, it was LeBron esque. Yeah, it was. Um, but Jack Jones, just don't give like a bad angle or a bad ref a chance to make that call. Like if you're lower, they can't make that call. Like just be smarter. It's like driving defensively. Like you can say, well, this person, you know, backed out of their drive. Yeah, but if you were paying a little better attention, maybe you could have avoided it. Like drive a little more defensively, be a little smarter because. They're not good enough. Like a 15-yard penalty could change a game for them. Absolutely mm -hmm. change a game for them. So mm -hmm. don't don't give anybody the opportunity to steal one. Special teams. I went A A Manus. I went A. Um, I thought they were really good. I thought Ryland and Beringer. Beringer is coming on. He only punted twice, but they were both plenty of practice. As I told like, Rich Keith Monday night, he's had plenty of practice all the through the yep. first six games. But, but that, that corner out of bounds, ah, yeah, the three yeah. or the two, whatever it was, and then even the Just bomb kids. that Brendan Schooler came down and covered the guy for inside the you know ten or eleven yard line, wherever it was. They're like, great job by him. Um, we've talked about it. You've mocked it. The the weakness of the special teams right now is the long snapper who is very well. Yeah. I gotta wonder, and I don't want to get them in trouble, but I wonder if he's dealing with an injury. He's been so inconsistent to start the year. I wonder if he has like a torn labrum Should, or like shouldn't a, they report it then, Andrew? Well, they should, but they didn't have space. We listed 20 guys last week. There's only 20 spots on the injury. The 21st would have been Cardone. <laughs> Is there an injured list maximum? Like, guys, you can only report 20 injured. I mean, oh. like it was. It was the freaking, their injured list last week was like the end credits of Avengers Endgame. It just kept going and yeah, going and going. But yeah, especially it. It. good. And I know I, I could use a little less um, Cam Accord um, basically doing cartwheels and hooting and hollering on the sideline every just single doing Cam Accord. Huh? Like, now you get two special teams coaches. There should be no mistakes. There should be no right. possible delays a game. There should be no offsides. It'd be buttoned up. I, I expect you to be good. I don't know. You shouldn't be celebrating every single play like it's the greatest because, you know, quite frankly, you haven't been great a lot of the year. There's been too many mistakes still on special teams. So, you know, you know, like high school coaches, you know, don't spike the ball, like act like you've been in the end zone before and you'll be there mm -hmm. again. 
Right. How about act like you're a good special teams team and we'll continue to be a good special teams team? Like, not that you're surprised that good things are happening. Absolutely. But it was a market improvement from weeks past as yes. well. Chad Ryland also doing a nice job kicking his extra points in his field goals. I think he's coming along as well. Oh, yeah. All they're right. going to be fine. Those two. Yeah. I have no doubt. Solid picks. I love them. I solid picks. It's why I half jokingly say Christian Gonzalez, Chad Ryland. Bryce Beringer. <laughs> Who else you got for the got future? <laughs> yeah, exactly. From this particular draft class, maybe their best draft class in ages as well. And I'm, I'm also holding oh, on. Well, you say that every year. As well, it's part. At least I'm on brand. Coaching. Uh, coaching. I went a. Um, wow. Okay. I thought the defensive coaching. I thought you know starting fast. I thought the motivation. So the Belichickian like big picture uh, directives, but also the Mayo Belichick you know, O'Brien sort of gaming the beginning of the game adjustments. Um, I, yeah, remind me, should I be faulting something? Like what'd they pork up? Like what should I, I cause I, I feel ah, really good. A couple of, couple of run plays on third. Like there was one run play in the first half on like a third and four. So like there was one series where O'Brien called three straight runs and it finished with like a fourth and four, fourth and five is like, eh, yeah, was we've, a little... we've done that for 20 years to Weiss. We've done it to O'Brien. We've done it to McDaniels. It wasn't perfect. It was pretty damn. It was pretty damn great. I gave I it an A minus. Perfect. I said, yeah. a, I didn't say a plus. But you can't. Oh, all right. I gave an a minus. Wow, very negative. It's no, because you know what's going to happen if they when they do it again this Sunday in Miami, then I'll give them the A to, to the A+. Plus. And then I'll give them an A+. Plus. There you go. And then after uh, that, I'll make up a new grade. And the quarterback, okay, here's the first one. Here's my, here's my only straight A. And yes, I know there was a strip sack that was negated by a penalty. So, so some may say, yeah, but he almost put the game in the ground and screwed it. All right, well, they got lucky. These things happen. Same thing happened for Buffalo as well at a certain point. Mac Jones, your best game as a pro, your biggest win for the Patriots, and you now have the signature comeback drive, plus all of this, the reason why Mac gets an A, especially for me, in the face of all the adversity, the criticism, the terrible plays, throwing across your body, three pick sixes, the scrutiny, you know, fans yelling at you, media calling for your job, he can't get it done. He's not it. Fans wearing bags over their heads with Mac Jones effing sucks sweatshirts in the on the way, making the social media rounds. In in, in the face of all of that, to play the way he did, a absolutely. I'll give another a. Um, this is the Mac yeah. we were promised coming out of Alabama. This is Alabama Mac. This is first round Mac. This is future twenty twenty one Mac. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, no, 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 no. Excuse this was me. better than 2021 like, Mac. I don't mean to step on your toes. This feels like, Andy, tell me if you think this is wrong, but my assessment is this feels like we picked up where he made all of his strides yeah. and progress from 21, and now we're seeing his year two development halfway through the middle of his third now, season. In one game. In one game. Like, I'm not willing to say this is who he right. is because I can't just forget all the crappy games and the crappy okay. games this year and Dallas and everything. He still got benched. In consecutive games, he still wet his pants against the Cowboys. Absolutely melted, whatever you want to call it. But that he yeah. bounced back, that he is not um, irreparably broken, that he is capable of this performance. That's a good sign. That is a yeah. and all around good sign for. I think we talked about this on Six Rings post game show. 
he has been more even keeled than his coach than almost anybody. And I, I think that's a really good sign for a guy who supposedly is not even keeled is sort of an emotional wreck or whatever you want to call it. Very temperamental prone to uh, flare nope. ups, blow ups. Yeah. Nah, he, he had it. And I believe him when he said he wanted to go out there and he believed they were going to drive down the field and score. I absolutely believe him. Love that. Now, it's much easier when the running back runs 34 yards when you throw it to him on the first play. That really changes things. Well, it's um, also easier to say it, it, you know, afterward in victory, the same way when I was saying in the no, post Sunday, like I, you know, it just felt like there was better energy there. And you're like, oh, you're only saying that because they won. Come on. Well, yeah. Now. I don't believe you. I believe him. <laughs> I believe that he went into that huddle with Not that kind of bitch. confidence. I don't Good think he was like, oh my God, I've never done this. What am I going to do? Oh, we're going to lose. It's uh. the way it should be. But it also takes more than just Mac Jones. It takes the line holding their blocks. It takes Ramondre not running into a tackler, but scampering and finding a hole. Hunter Henry hanging in there. Mac Jones hanging in there, taking some hits as he delivers that dime to Hunter Henry. It takes Pop Douglas willing to stretch out to the goal line, almost score and take a, a DPI as well. Like everyone, like this is what it looks like not when doves cry, but rather this is what it looks like when everyone on this team is operating at max max capacity. This is what it should look like. They should be able to validate the confidence we had in them and hang in there <clears throat> with some of the better teams in the NFL. And you know what? This coming Sunday, I don't need more Parker. Juju Smith-Schuster can be a role player at most. Don't F up what's already working for you. And from Mac... Stay even keeled, stay positive, stay smiling, stay. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't on the field. I'm fine with the on-field crap. He was yelling. He he was pissed at Douglas, who made a bad oh, read. Yeah, he didn't sit a, down on, on one route. Yeah, yeah. Like he, that's fine. That's what quarterbacks do. Like that Dan Marino Good. did it. John Elway did it. Tom Brady yeah. did it. Good quarterbacks. You need to lead. And oh. sometimes you need to be an a-hole to lead. Sometimes you need to tell somebody, hey, dumbass, that's the wrong thing to do. Um, but he needs for to Brady build for 20 years. Yeah. But you know why? Because he won and because he was good. like, you need to build on it. You need to continue to play well. Don't turn the ball over. Make throws that you need to make when you need to make them with the game on the line or with the third down on the line, those types of things. Also, I don't think we ever delved into this world on six rings. I'm trying to think back because I don't want to be a hypocrite fraud. I hate hypocrite frauds. There's a lot oh, of them in of the media. I don't want to be one. Okay. I don't think we ever delved into... Everyone hates Mac. He's lost the locker room. Oh, because I think that we video afterwards from the camera guys at NBC Sports Boston will show you otherwise. Thirty straight seconds, right? Of but I don't Mac porn. Everyone hugging him, seeking him. Did out. we ever that say that? Did we ever go down that road? Because I don't think we did. I think no. We, we said there Hunter could have Henry. been coming off of the Henry McKenna uh, tidbit of a friend of Mac Jones saying, "What do you expect him to do with garbage? How can you cook out there?" Like. We thought there was a chance that there could become a rift. We had heard stories yeah. of some people in the building, not in the locker room, in the building, being firmly out on Mac Jones. Yeah, but I don't think we ever, and some did, so I am not surprised. I always uh, go you, back to, us. No, I think he's been a douche in the media. I don't necessarily like Mac, the guy that I see publicly on the you know Jones and oh. Mego show or press conferences, but I've always remarked, I thought it's Dinkish. remarkable that mm -hmm. Judon and Bourne and Henry, these guys seem to love Mac Jones. They oh, yeah. always have dating back to year one. And I've always said, I don't believe he has the same personality in the locker room he shares with us. And I think people do like him on his team. So mm -hmm. um, that didn't really surprise me. Now I'm always a little surprised when it's like um, Ebony and Ivory, like opposites type thing. Like, 
Devon Godshaw or Mike Onwenu when it's like the big lineman. Oh, wow. He really likes Mac Jones, too. I didn't know if I, you know, necessarily see that coming. It makes sense. The mm-hmm. receiver loves him or the tight end loves him. But when it's the big D tackle, you're like, oh, wow, they really do like him. So good job by Mac all around. Absolutely. Good job by Mac Jones. He gets the highest grade from me. I think everybody in Patriots Nation would agree that was Mac Jones. Best game as a pro. And let's see a follow up. Go down to Miami where you've had nightmares. No throwing to Devontae Parker when he's covered by Xavier Howard. That has happened far too often. No bad picks. Hang in the pocket. Offensive line do their job. Because now I will tell you there is renewed interest from the media to the fan base and all throughout Patriots Nation for Sunday's upcoming game in Miami Gardens at Hard Rock Stadium. Dubbed by us the Fraud Bowl. Patriots at Fish. We will preview that one later in the week. We'll go behind enemy lines and get you as much intel, insight, perspective, analysis, and more when we can. But those are our grades for Buffalo against the Patriots. Agree, disagree, give us a shout at FitzyGFY, at Jumbo Hart, and, of course, at Six Rings Pod. We appreciate you listening, just like we appreciate our friends at the FanDuel Sportsbook for sponsoring this fine podcast. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, TEND is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. All right, Andy. Now we need to take a look. Since we've handed out our grades, we have basked in the glorious waters of the Patriots' victory over the Bills and breathing a little life back into the corpse of this season. We need to... Just weigh in one more time on the Bill Belichick contract extension in the curious news drop that was a couple hours prior to kickoff Sunday, your old pal Rap Sheet Ian Rappaport taking to NFL media, uh, the, the network, of course, of champions, and saying that a lucrative contract extension had been signed and it looked like Belichick would be around here for the next couple of years, the rebuild, if you will. And then we learned Monday night and there was a lot of scrutiny and debate around that. And people were calling into our postgame show. And it was a lot of the hubbub and buzz in the lots before the game. Cut to Monday. Our old pal Dale Arnold, uh, Dale here, tweets out that his sources tell him that it is a three-year deal for William of House Belichick, uh, which is kind of interesting. And so that terms have been agreed to that this basically will allow him to finish the work that he has done 
what what he has to say or what his part will be in the continuity or succession plan, we don't necessarily know. I like to think that this was a like I said before, it's the Bella flex. This is Bill hearing that there's a lot of heat on him, that Robert, uh, as said through Jeff, Howe, this odd relationship that's going on right now, he could be fired at any point. He was feeling the heat. So I think he wanted to make sure that this was perfectly timed before the game. And dare I say, thank goodness his team responded accordingly Sunday because, whoa, boy, people would be a whole lot, whole lot more heated about this if the Pats went out there, lost or, you know, got waxed once again. So there's a lot to uh, break down here um, over the few days. Now, certainly this was a um, intentional response to the pressure on Bill Belichick. I think that's clear. Um, That it went through crap sheet doesn't surprise me. Mm -hmm. Um, I did find interesting yesterday, uh, crap sheets competition, who uh, we used to refer to these two guys as left pocket and right pocket um, (laughs) because they're in the team's pocket. But Adam Schefter was on the Pat McAfee broadcast and Mm -hmm. he poo-pooed this information in a way in which he said, and I agree with him, quote, I don't believe the deal has any bearing on his future going forward, that he and Robert will still sit down at the end of the year and just like it would have been in any. Now, the things I question. Okay, Okay. so first, it's an extension that was signed this offseason. So did he not have a contract? Was he not under contract? Hadn't we always heard, by the way, hadn't we always been told that they re- that it's this mysterious pact between Kraft mm-hmm. and Belichick, only they and Jonathan know the terms, and that they review it or revisit it every year. Isn't that how it works? I mean, so we've, we've heard told? we've heard various things. I don't know that we've I hear a lot known anything like definitively. Um, but I thought it was interesting because then Curran, who is very tied in, I would say, with the Patriots and the Kraft family. Um, was saying he could not imagine, and I don't know that he was reporting, so I don't want to say he was reporting, but he was informed speculating at the very mm-hmm. least. He couldn't imagine this goes beyond 2024. So this year and next year. Well, then Dale, who I trust Dale, his sources, he has good sources. Sources been, been good with the Patriots. Got to get very prop, mad props to Dale on that one. So he said this is a three-year extension. So at mm-hmm. the very least, even if Bill's contract had ended, that's 23, 24, 25, right? Mm-hmm. And in crap sheets follow up on, I think one of their app shows, he said the next several years, this would have bill in place in new England. So that's, that's that, three kind of jibes, that jibes with Dale's. Dale's Absolutely. Um, I still believe I'm with the chef. Children are our future. Yes, indeed. Uh, I still believe that this doesn't really change anything. If everything goes South and Robert wants to move on from bill, he'll move on from bill. Now maybe bill pockets a little extra money. I don't know. Right. Whatever. And we don't know the terms as well. Like if this was to be a multi-year deal, did Robert go to bill and say, Hey, do you not uh, last year? You really screwed the pooch. Now I'm willing to keep you around here for a while. The Shula pursuit, make sure you get all your ducks in a row. Make sure the kids are good. Figure out a succession plan. However, here's what I'm going to need back a little less personnel control a little more action, a little more satisfaction, and maybe just maybe eh, take a little bit off the top. Maybe I'll give you a multi-year extension, but I'm not giving you 20 or 25 per every year. Or could that have been the case? How about um, there's been a very uh, famous and popular or unpopular contract that has uh, tangential connections to Patriot Nation, and that would be Brian Ferentz, the offensive coordinator at Iowa, who signed an extension with his daddy. Okay. His daddy. This is the former Patriots tight ends coach, Brian, Uh offensive coordinator, been under a lot of fire. And 
his contract extension had very specific um, goals that he had to meet, incentives. And one of them is his team, I believe, has to score to average 25-point-something points per game, or he is not back as the offensive coordinator. Is there a possibility? Maybe Bill got an extension that says, like, but, you know, this can be revisited if you lose. Finish last place in the AFC. Something like that. Yeah. Right. Like Look I have for the this, goddamn Jets. Yes. I have this general philosophy that uh Robert Kraft does not lose contracts and deals. Um that's just I've I've come oh, up I with that over like he's been making a name, years. reputation and business on that for multiple yeah. decades now. So, do I believe that Robert Kraft tied his own hands in a just like embarrassing fashion this offseason by signing Bill Belichick to a three-year extension that pays him $50 million a year and you couldn't possibly no I don't believe that I do that's not king making that. he hasn't done anything recently to deserve that no. does he do enough to not be fired in season yes does he do enough to maybe stick around for a while longer and help orchestrate or help uh be a willing participant in the farewell tour of his tenure as Patriots head coach yes but does he deserve a raise and absolute power. Hell no. And the last line of Dale Arnold's tweet was also interesting in which he said specific job descriptions were also reportedly laid out. So there's also the possibility that the extension isn't to be head coach or it isn't to be GM or it isn't to be both. Like there could be very specific parameters in there. Maybe this is his last year as the head coach, and he's going to be a consultant for the final two years of this several-year extension. Like, interesting. That's an that's an interesting spin because, you know, if they made such an effort and went to such lengths to hold on to Gerard Mayo and prevent him from applying as uh, an HC of another franchise in the AFC or the NFC, then how many years is he going to be willing to? sit in said holding pattern like Josh right. McDaniels decided like I'm not going to do the holding pattern thing anymore and ultimately left he almost left once he actually did leave once then almost left a second time and then decided to depart for the Raiders spoiler alert I don't think that he's going to be there much longer either oh but leave Josh alone focus I'm trying to I'm just letting just an informed just a semi-informed opinion that's okay it's what we do here on I know I'm supposed to host every now and again I like to opinionate Maybe that could be the case. That would be an interesting spin. How long do you think Mayo would be willing to be compensated for his work, but also to not go elsewhere and look outside the organization? A few years. I think you have a few years um, with Mayo. I I, I do. Um, for a variety of reasons, personal, professional, different things. Um, there's worse things than being a 30-something coach that continues to learn at the teat of Bill mm -hmm. Belichick. And uh, I was going to say the, the side. Oh, okay. Side, whatever. Desk, yeah. feet. I went teat, whatever. I have a t-shirt that says I'm a teats man. So. <laughs> All right. All right. This will be the, uh, brought to you by the, we're brought to you by overshare.com right now. Thank you, Andy. Um, so uh, like this was a dramatic piece of information and you're right. I think it was buried by the big win. I think it would have been mm -hmm. an even more dramatic piece Oof. of information if they were oh. beaten. The if they had ringing that would like, be going on right now, if that news came out and they got their doors blown off Sunday, which was expected, they were an eight and a half point underdog. They yeah, were, I know. I'll dare say this after Sunday. Now I'm not victory lapping by any stretch. Although I did think it was pretty funny that NFL network had 10, 10 different people pick the game. They all picked the bills and one person picked the final final score to be 38 to four. Now that's a little yeah. cartoonish. Now, now you deserve to get a little trolley oleo on that one. Trying uh, too hard. 
I'll put this one out there. Uh, it's 40 minutes in, Terp, so go ahead and timestamp this puppy. The Patriots will not get blown out the rest of the season. There is my proclamation following Sunday's game. You will mm. not see what happened in the Saints game or the Cowboys game happen again. May they lose? What's a what's a blowout? Uh, by more than 14 points. I think they will. You do? I do. Care to share against whom? Well, I have multiple candidates, but certainly the Bills in Buffalo are a candidate. Because um, I think Josh Andy, Allen's going to have a big Listen, guy, that shoulder's an issue. Are you? I can't guarantee you that everything's going to all will be right in the I'm wide world. Guaranteeing it, I think there's a chance they get beat by more than 14 this this Sunday in Miami. <laughs> Never. No. And, uh, the Chiefs are still on the horizon, and I know they're mm -hmm. not really blowing people out, but they're also a really good football team with a really good quarterback. And mm -hmm. didn't we say earlier? What did we say earlier? The Patriots can't cover uh, mobile quarterbacks. No, no, no. But what can't they cover in the past? Oh, speedy route? tight, speedy young tight ends. Oh, and I believe that uh, Taylor Swift's boyfriend um, gets open really well in the middle of the football field. I think last week I looked up and he caught his first ten passes. <laughs> he was targeting. Am I mistaken though? Has Belichick done a pretty good job against Kelsey? Uh, I'd have to go back and look. I don't remember him killing them. Now the 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 focal point has always been they do a good job against Tyreek Hill with Jonathan Jones. Um, so that was I have part Jonathan Jones. I would have him in traction in bubble wrap in a hot tub, then a cold tub. I'd have him in a uh, sleeping chamber, whatever it is you need to do this week. What well, yeah, put him in the dunk tank from Empire Strikes Back with the fancy robot healing him up, whatever the restorative, you know, water bath. I find a Lazarus pit somewhere nearby, whatever you need to do to make sure he's well enough to help out on Tyreek Sunday. You do it. You Let's make a friendly FanDuel bet. Okay. Patriots losses by 14 or more points the rest of the season, a half. You're taking the under. I will take the under. I will take the over. All right. This ends in, ready? This ends in the sandwich of choice. Okay. The I other has, so you, you I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to order something from one of those fabulous South Coast delis. Okay. You're going to bring me in or whatever. Or you can say, hey, Fitzy, on one of your drives from your little, uh, Connecticut enclave with your uh, blah, blah, blah. You got to bring me up some of that fancy Connecticut pizza or something like that. Yep. I, I'm on it. Okay. Deal. It's a, it's a meal deal. I say the Patriots under one half a game, the rest of the way losing by 14 or more. Okay. Now 14 is the bus. 14 is the bus point. Yep. No, I'm very comfortable with that. I'm All very, right. very deal. comfortable with that. Virtual um, shake. Audience, you are our witnesses. Just getting back to our topic of the segment, the Bill Belichick contract yeah. extension, yeah. Um, you didn't really weigh in. Do you believe? So I'm with Schefter. I do not believe this significantly alters any options on the table for Robert Kraft. I think he could fire Bill when he wants. I think he could mm -hmm. go to my McCordy and Mayo plan. Do you think this changes anything? Uh, and I do appreciate the fact that you took the McCordy and Mayo plan to the broadcast airwaves. And had to like charge up the hill of Christian Fourier's misunderstanding to finally get to a level ground where he where he took the time to actually not overreact to it. It's a solid plan. It's a solid plan as well. But maybe, just maybe, you know, you could Mayo would end up being your McCordy or John Lynch. Maybe he's not even the head coach in waiting. Maybe he is because of his business acumen. He could be. We don't know. We don't know. We'll, we'll see. But I'll weigh in on it now. I do not believe Bill Belichick at this point now will be fired in season. Sunday's game went a long way, a long way towards. Wait, you thought that was a possibility before Sunday? 
Uh, if they, if that was, a, if there was another thirty-four to nothing affair, if you will, at home in front of those fans, with all the Josh Allen jerseys in the house, heads may have rolled. There would have been yeah. at least been a scapegoat. Like it, that would have Andy. That the Saints game is true. Like the Dallas game could have happened, and you could still bounce back and put forth a valiant, workmanlike, professional effort. The Saints game to me is the worst loss of the Bill Belichick era by a mile. Okay. Far more embarrassing than the Dallas game. Yeah, that so can I, happen. I never, I never really thought there was a chance he would be fired in season. Um, yeah, and I. But still, I do think Billy. But to finish answering the question, sorry. Uh, I do think at any point, if Robert Kraft, if this season goes three and fourteen, Sunday's a one-off, and they have multiple uh, seventeen or more point losses, it, uh, Kraft could easily go at the end of the season and say, like Bill, we got to. That's we're good. Now, Will I'll pay. you? What's it going to cost? Will you be surprised if Bill Belichick is the head coach of the Patriots in September of 2024? No, I will be. Yeah, I think okay. he's gone. I think he's gone. Agre okay. There I still go. don't know the exit strategy, plan, uh, chain of events, any of that. Mm -hmm. I think we will be talking about a new sideline boss next year. And wasn't it Chris Sims who said that he, you know, from his dad connected to the family, uh, that he's just heard Belichick's a little like kind of getting a little tired and maybe, you know, wants to spend a little more time with the fans, had a little tumult in the personal life. Like he may just want to, you know, as, as great as he is at this and has been at this and how he was just born cut and made exclusively and only for this, that it may just be time to enjoy the rest of your living days. Who knows? Maybe he just wants to just sail, hang out with the grandkids and be weird. So, let me throw something out there. Um, this is the perfect place to do it. It's true. It's our podcast. We have yeah. plenty of whatever. Um, so a lot of people, and they've used the Saturday ceremony at Patriot Place, mm -hmm. um, the Dante Scarnecchia, where he's joking about the you know making fun of Dante, yelling at people bigger than him, Big Cat Williams, and all that. Yeah. Uh, like Belichick's a different guy. Like everything he does in terms of the coach is an act and a facade, and it's a a way he does business, and it gets criticized. By a lot of people. It has sure. when he was winning. It's gotten criticized more when he's losing. The whole thing. Is there any chance at the age of 72, this mm -hmm. coming spring, mm -hmm. he wants to just be loved? And I, I know that sounds funny. And, and I don't mean it to sound wow. And the best so he, way. He just needs a hug. Kind of like a proverbial football hug. Is there any chance that that could play out in he stays with the Patriots as a consultant or whatever the role is. But he's the one that gets a freaking luxury box that CBS cuts to and says, there's Bill Belichick enjoying his first year of semi-retirement, obviously the greatest coach and ever. And a Parcelsian-like role as, a, you know, general yeah. manager or, you know, executive vice president of gets, player operations. And only gets come praise, up with a BS right? term for only him. Although I don't praise. think they'll be sharing the booth because did you see the no, handshake no. between Kraft and Belichick? No, no, no. He'll have his own booth with whoever he wants in his booth, his guests. Hey, Bon Jovi in the booth with Belichick today. Hey, it's whoever. Uh, yeah, it's Tony Marusa, Tito Francona, right. his buddies. Like, is there any chance? Yeah, there's, Alex, yeah, yeah, there's Alex Core and John Bon Jovi, yeah. And doesn't have to worry about challenging a damn sideline play in the third quarter. Doesn't have to worry about anything else. And it's a no-lose situation because he'll only get praised. If the team loses, well, you know, that's just Gerard Mayo's got to get his team's act together. They're not well, – and if they win, well, Belichick seemingly has turned this around from his consultant role high above Gillette Stadium. I'm just throwing it out there. Everybody likes to be liked. Everybody would prefer to be liked. Maybe he wants to be loved late in his football life. 
That sounds, you know what? It's always at the end of the podcast now, I feel like, that you come up with these new, and I'll probably hear this on your McFarlane Energy-sponsored hit with Gresham Fourier tomorrow. Yeah, I like how you workshop your radio hits. We'll hear it tonight on Rich Keefe. We'll hear it tomorrow on Gresham. So, everyone, tune in to the end of the Tuesday Coaches Grades and Pat's Paris podcast, uh, play the Pat's Grades, where Andy workshops what he's going to do on the Rich Keefe show and on Gresham Fourier. This is now, we're going to now call this the Andy's Playground portion of the podcast as well. And you know what? I'm actually, I, I am here for it because I'm about to help us wrap up this podcast as I host the program. But also, I like it. I like this is more sound, fundamental, humane, like real person, real fan oriented fair. I think it makes a ton of sense. Maybe he does just want to be finally appreciated. And I'll tell you this as we wrap it up here and put a little bow in the old pod. Um, there would be nothing that would get him coming from the start of this season. The 0-2, then 1-2, then 1-5 and those god-awful losses. There would be nothing that would probably help Belichick get celebrated should he decide to go into that good coaching night like finishing 9-8, and a strong finish to the season winning more games than they lose the rest of the way, using the Buffalo win as a springboard and being a tough out each and every week, providing entertaining football that resembles the, the blue collar of the fan base and everything that he built in the culture of the Patriot way. That I would be thrilled. Honestly, that would be as much as I could possibly ask for at this juncture as a now several decades long fan of the New England Patriots. Um, Andy, Real quick, last thing, Marcus Jones, unfortunately, we learned via Troy Brown in his Tuesday morning, Zuma, out for the season. His torn labrum, uh, just like with Marcus Jones, requiring surgery. So, excuse me, rather, Christian Gonzalez. So your number one cornerback, Christian Gonzalez, torn labrum, out for the season. And your number three or number four, your top slot corner and best kick returner, punt returner, special teamer, an offensive weapon in bloom. Marcus Jones, basically his entire sophomore season, red-shirted, out from under him with the labrum. That's a bummer. Uh, it's a little bit of a bummer, but um, I forget about Marcus Jones when I'm making my list of guys I look forward to moving forward with the Patriots. He would be on that list. He's and been a non-factor all season. You're right. We should start including him in the yeah. guys to build around in 2024. Also, now he has plenty of time to study the offensive playbook to, playbook to make that transition full-time. And when Demario Douglas and Marcus Jones are on the field oh, together, covering that. out defenses. And how about that secondary next year? Gonzo, John Jones, Jack Jones, Marcus Jones, Marte Mapu, Jabril Peppers. I don't know who any of the other safeties will be, but that's pretty good start as well. And we shall end on that positive note. Another excellent edition of the Six Rings in Football Things podcast with our grades for the victory against Buffalo. A couple of words about next Sunday's game against the Dolphins, of course. A little Belichick contract talk and so much more. And don't forget to tune into the Rich Keefe Show Tuesday night with Andy, Wednesday night with me, Thursday night with Andy, and Andy will be on with Gresham Fourier Wednesday where he'll just repeat what he said a few minutes ago about no, Bill no, 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 no. I'm extend what I said a few yeah, minutes ago. Yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll extend it. This was the beginning. Now you'll work on it for the next couple hours and you'll you'll, you'll allow it to you germinate. You never go to a restaurant in the first week. You wait till they get all their you-know-what together. Always, That's always, always, always. Thing here. Pro moves only here on Six Rings. For Terp, for Hart, this is Fitzy. Thanks for listening. As always, we'll be back soon. Good day. God bless and go Pats. 
Bruins fans looking for more coverage of your favorite hockey team? Follow the Skate Pod hosted by Scott McLaughlin, Brian DeFelice, and me, Bridget Prue. Get your Bruins coverage from WEI's team of Bruins writers. We're the people who are at the games and talk to the players every week. For analysis of every Bruins game and exclusive interviews with the players, listen to the Skate Pod on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.